नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते Hear something about Krishna, is it not? There are many subjects to discuss, and throughout the whole day and the whole week and the whole month and the whole year, people are discussing so many topics, all about materialistic affairs, and we simply become frustrated. So we want to hear something about. So we want to hear something about Krishna. That will refresh us. We are all suffering in material life, and the only method to get safe from material life is to come to Krishna Bhakti. We cannot be happy without Krishna. This is the basic principle of understanding Krishna consciousness. That whatever you do, you cannot be happy without Krishna. Some people want to be rich. Some people want to be famous. Some men want to be very strong, and some women want to be very beautiful. But actually. None of these things can make us happy without Krishna. So we have come here to hear about Krishna. How wonderful Krishna is! Krishna has so many incarnations. Rama, Nishinga. Can you say some more? Ramana, Parashara, Matsyapurna, Matsyapurna. There's one very famous one you didn't say. Rama, Rama. Then who's Krishna's brother? There's one uh, who lives near to Bangalore in Andhra Pradesh. Near to Bangalore, someone calls it an incarnation of Krishna. You know this big hair? You see an incarnation of Krishna? You see an incarnation of Krishna? So we have to know actually who is Krishna? Who are his incarnations? But actually, Krishna is the original form of God. This is a little bit of a controversial point because many people say that Krishna is an incarnation of Vishnu, and it's not untrue. But according to the understanding of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Krishna is the original, actually the original form of God. Just like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, "Aham sarvasya prabhu," everything comes from Him. And actually, we see that there are many incarnations, but Krishna is the most wonderful. This is not our bias; it is scientifically analyzed that Narayan has certain wonderful qualities. That no other living being has. He is the supreme Lord of all universes. All universes emanate from his body. So this is not true even of Shiva, Brahma, or other great demigods. And it's certainly not true of that fellow with long hair near Bangalore. So Krishna is also Narayana, non-different. But he has, in Krishna Lila, we find some qualities of Krishna that we don't even find in. By Kuntapati Narayana, Krishna. One very special thing about Krishna is his flute. Now you may think, what's very special about a flute? You can get very cheaply any bamboo flute; it doesn't cost very much. But Krishna's flute is not an ordinary flute because Krishna's flute playing charms the whole universe. On hearing Krishna's flute, the Yamuna River sometimes stops and becomes solid, and the, the stones which are solid. They become liquid and melt. 
and especially Krishna's flute playing attracts the gopis of Vrindavan. So that is another of Krishna's special opulences, that he has uh, wonderful pastimes with wonderful devotees. Of course, there are many devotees of the Lord in his different Vishnu forms, such as Prahlad Maharaj, Dhruv Maharaj, Ambarish Maharaj. But the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has considered that the love of the gopis for Krishna is unmatched, unparalleled. And even Krishna's form is incomparably beautiful. This two-handed form of Krishna is even more beautiful than the most beautiful form of Lord Narayana. So there is no material comparison between Krishna and Narayana because they are the same Supreme Personality of Godhead. But among all the forms of Godhead, Krishna is accepted as the most attractive and therefore his name is Krishna, which means all attractive. And therefore we like to hear about Krishna. Of course, to understand Krishna is not such a very easy thing. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Pahunam Janmanam Ante Vasudeva Sarvamiti Samahatma Sudurlabhaha. I'm going to give the translation also. This explains that the yogis, they are engaged in severe austerities and penances and controlling the breath within their respiratory system. And by performing at these activities over many thousands of years, they hope to see the tip of the toe of Govinda's lotus feet. But even then they may not be able to do so. Because Krishna is avichincha tattva. That means that it is not possible to understand Krishna by any material method, even by brilliant intellectual endeavors. Just like you see in the 20th century, the most famous intelligent person was Einstein. And not so intelligent, but there are still many intelligent people in the world, not as intelligent as Einstein. Mm-hmm. There are other many intelligent people in the world, maybe not as intelligent as he. Just like if we hear someone is graduated from IIT, we think, oh, very intelligent. But for all their intelligence, Einstein and all the people in IIT couldn't understand Krishna. Einstein at the end of his life said that, now I only have one question left. I simply want to know how God created the universe. So that was intelligent to ask such a question. It is intelligent to ask such a question. Most people are too foolish even to ask that question. But even though we are not as intelligent as Einstein, we know the answer and he doesn't. Because simply by brains, one cannot understand Krishna. But by his mercy, he reveals himself to his devotee. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Bhakta Mama Vijanati, I can be understood by the process of devotional service. This is further explained in the Narada Pancharatra. Atashri Krishna Nama Adina Bhavad Grahim Indriyai, Sivam Nuke Hijivada, Swayameva Spuratvada. That Krishna, his name, his form, his qualities, his pastimes, cannot be understood through the gross material senses. But he personally reveals himself to those who are eager to serve him. And that service begins with the tongue, by chanting the names of Krishna, Krishna Kirtan, and by taking Krishna prasadam. So in this way we can begin to understand Krishna. Krishna is, a, is impossible to understand by any material method. But we can begin to understand Krishna by his grace, 
if we take the position of his devotees, of his servants. Now here in this verse we read today, Krishna gives three indications as to how he is to be understood as the Supreme Personality of God. Krishna says, Bhuktaram Yajya Tapasam I am the enjoyer of all sacrifices and all austerities. And actually Krishna is the enjoyer of everything. He is the Supreme Enjoyer. We were just discussing about the yogis, how they cannot see Krishna, even though they perform severe tapasya. However much tapasya one performs, unless he understands that that is meant to be done for the pleasure of Krishna, then without that attitude, no one can understand Krishna. Similarly, all yagyas can actually be successful if we know that they are meant for the pleasure of Krishna. I just came from Tirupati this afternoon and many people from North India had assembled there for the purpose of performing what they call the Nashvamedha Yagya. Although actually to perform a Nashvamedha Yagya, you can't do it in Kali Yoga. All the different conditions cannot be fulfilled. And actually, due to rain, it was impossible to perform the Yagya. Due to rain, it was not possible to perform the Yagya. But even though they, are, they were assembled for, for a religious purpose, they actually did not understand what is the real meaning of Yajna. Because Krishna states, Bhuktaram Yajna Tapasam. All these Yajnas are supposed to be done for the pleasure of Krishna only. And actually in Kali Yoga, the only Yajna that can be actually affected is Sankirtan Yajna. So you may think, well, in a Yajna you see you're pouring ghee into the fire. But where is the fire in the Sankirtan Yajna? But actually this kind of yajna is with ghee and that's not recommended in the modern age. One may do on a small scale. How it was done in the past with thousands of tons of grains and so much ghee being caught in the fire is not profitable in the modern age. Because most people can't even afford to use ghee for cooking, what to put soup for putting in the fire. So in this age, Sankirtan Yajna is recommended. Krishna Bhanam Trisha Krishnam Sangopam Vastaparshadam Yajnai Sankirtanapraya Vijantihi Sumedasaha. So the first point in understanding Krishna is to understand that he is the enjoyer. In material life, we try to do everything for our own enjoyment. But instead of putting ourselves in the center, if we put Krishna in the center of our lives, then how happy we shall be. Then Sarva Loka Maheshwaram, Krishna is the proprietor of all the different planets. If we look in the sky at night, we will see so many stars. The universe is so vast, we can hardly imagine. The universe is so vast, we can hardly imagine. But according to Shastra, this is only one universe, and there are many, 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 many billions of universes. And Krishna is the proprietor of all of them. And if, if we get a little money, we think we become very proud. We all know, everyone knows who's the richest man in the world, at least they say he is. Well, I was talking about a material man. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. <laughs> and maybe number two, previously number one was the Sultan of Brunei. And then Bill Gates went past him. Where did the Tatas come? Where did the Tatas come? Maybe number 20 or something. Anyway, we know the names of those rich people. They're very famous. Tata, Hinduja, Diala, here in Tamil Nadu, TV Sundaram. I think in Bella, even your husband must be well known. In Bella. Sorry, we don't want to embarrass you. I'm just using it. 
So we tend to think someone wealthy will become more famous. But Krishna is millions, billions, trillions, zillions, ten billions or whatever times more rich than Bill Gates. Actually in English we only go up to trillion, but in the Sanskrit it goes far, it goes up to Arabud and you see there's Kaur and then there's Arabud and there are figures going, huge, huge figures. In English they don't, I don't even know. There are words for huge figures like this. Sanskrit is a more developed language. Anyway, the point is that compared to Krishna, Bill Gates is like a beggar in the street. And whatever money he has, it's only coming from Krishna. So Krishna is the richest and the most powerful. America is the most powerful country in the world. But for all their power and their money, they spent weeks and weeks looking for one man and they still couldn't find him. But Krishna knows where he is all the time. So Krishna is the most powerful, the most famous, the most rich. But there's one thing much more important than him being powerful and rich and famous. That he is Suvridam Sarvabhutanam. He is the best friend of all living beings. And if we understand these points about Krishna then, Shantim, Shantim. Yadva Mam Shantim Vichyati. If we understand this, then we achieve peace. Now, now let us consider that if someone is very rich and famous and powerful, then people like to know them and be their friend. But generally it's very difficult to be a friend of someone who's very rich and powerful and famous. Because people tend to make friends among people of the same status. There is the story in the Mahabharata that when Drona and Drupad, they were young boys, they were studying together and they were good friends. So later Drona as a Brahmana was, became very poor. And Drupad as a Kshatriya became very, as a king, he became very powerful and rich. So when, later when Jonah went to visit Drupad, oh, I've come to see my friend. Drupad said, you can't be my friend. You might have been my friend in childhood, but now I'm very rich and powerful and you're just a beggar. So it's not proper that you could be my friend. I'm in a different status to you. Get out. So we may think that how can we be friends with Krishna? It's impossible. Because Krishna is so very, 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 so what, what relationship can there be between an ant and an elephant? So in the same way you may think, what relationship can there be between Krishna and us? But Krishna says, I am your friend, I am the friend of all living beings. And this is Krishna's greatest opulence. He's very rich, he's very powerful and he's very famous. But more important than anything, he is very kind and merciful. Play with Krishna, dance with Krishna, to eat with Krishna. Sometimes Krishna's cowherd boyfriends, they're stealing Krishna's tiffin. Sometimes when they're eating together, one boy is eating and says, Oh Krishna, this tastes very nice. And he gives some. You take, you try it also. They have no consciousness, because they have so much love for Krishna, they have no consciousness how great he is. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's special contribution. He has emphasized so much on how we have to love Krishna. Certainly we have to respect Krishna. But even above and beyond that is to simply love Krishna. Here Krishna says, Suhridam Sarva Bhutan. Suhrid, this means heart to heart friendship. So let us develop our love for Krishna.
There is nothing in this world that can slightly compare to developing that love for Krishna. And the method of attaining love for Krishna is also very easy. By Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, we simply have to chant. What do we have to chant? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Is it difficult to chant? No. It's very, very easy. So let us do it. So we'll have more kirtan and alki, but first of all, the chanting of course. But uh, first, if there are any questions, we can take them. No questions? Question. Why is one from Dhamma? It's different in both, both things are there. That means in, in different days of Brahma, in different universes, sometimes directly from Narayana and sometimes through Brahma. Brahma is known as the creator of the universe. But the universe is, for the whole existence of the universe, Brahma is not creating only once, but every day of his life he's created. Because most of the universe is destroyed at the end of Brahma's day. So actually Lord Shiva, he's, he's uh, always existing, but he manifests in different universes in the form of different mudras. And sometimes he directly manifests from Vishnu, and sometimes from Brahma. We're studying our third canto, is it, of Bhagavatam? We're studying daily Bhagavatam here. You have a study group, is it? How many of you are there in the study group? Every day. They started now. Which means? We're reading in Tamil, is it? We're enjoying. It's very sweet. Very nice. This is an often asked question because it seems inconceivable that we should do so. However, Srila Prabhupada explained it like this, that as living beings, our constitutional position is to serve Krishna and to love Krishna. Now love has to come from the heart, it can't be forced. You can, in the modern age of modern technology, you can program a doll, but when you pick it up it says, I love you. But there is no feeling in the doll saying so. So if we are simply programmed by Krishna, like a machine, to say, I love you, then actually there's no feeling and there's no real love. So love has to come voluntarily from the heart. That means we have to choose to love Krishna. That we choose to love Krishna also means that we have the choice to choose otherwise. So Krishna gives the jiva this much minute independence to choose whether to serve him or not. And that choice is going on eternal which presupposes that some of the jivas, they may misuse that minute independence and choose not to love Krishna. It seems inconceivable that we should do so, but 
That will add to themselves manifest by our presence here in this material world. So we forget Krishna due to misuse of our minute independence. And that uh, bad choice can be rectified by taking to the process of Krishna. Prabhupada gave the example that if I hold a gun to your head and say, You love me, then you'll say, Yes, yes, I love you, but it won't actually be loved. So I have a question for you. Now you are including in your bhakti, you are doing your malice. How many malice is going on? He's chanting so many. 